0: Pleasant mother pheasant plucker. I'm the most pleasant mother pheasant plucker that ever plucked a mother pheasant. Oof. What else you got? Uh, I'm a pig. <laughs> I almost did it. I'm <laughs> a fig
1: plucker. Oh, so wait, I forgot it. Fuck, I just did it too, didn't I? Yeah, you sure did. Until this table ruined everything. Oh, so I... Yeah, this I, goddamn I, table. It's, it's haunting us, James. I'm a fig plucker and a fig plucker's son. And
0: I'll pluck figs. Till the fig plucker comes. I I would think it would be
1: till the fig plucking's done. Well, that's even better, but that's not how I learned it. But, but, yes, that makes more sense, but that's not how it goes. And fuck you. (laughs) Absolutely. For suggesting otherwise. Oh,
0: by by the way, Chris, don't correct me. Um... Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa,
1: whoa, whoa. Watch it there, Spilly Jones.
0: <laughs> I'm a stuttering fucking mess and,
1: and Spilly Jones. Hey, all right, so before we we get into the thing, wait, should I do the show thing first or the thing first? Ah, yeah, dude, we'll do the show thing first. How's that sound? It's all good to me. <laughs> Let's really plan this episode out on air. Well, yes, absolutely. Why change a winning? <laughs> a winning formula. Yeah, we yeah. Really, really got lightning in a bottle oh, here, whew. James. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Horror Vomit, where we talk about horror movies so you don't have to. My name is Chris Faff, and I'm one of your hosts. And
0: I am James Moreno. I'm the other one of your
1: hosts. Uh, A little bit of house cleaning? Yes. James, we have some anniversaries. Indeed we do. This is uh, about, about one year of you being on board here.
0: Holy shit, a whole fucking year. A whole
1: calendar
0: year. I haven't, I'd very rarely have I done anything for that long sustained.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're, uh, at this point, you're my Ron Wood. You're, you're, you're the third one, yeah. and, but you've been around the longest, so you're just officially yeah. the guy.
0: Yeah, plus, like, you know, I can hit that pocket, apparently.
1: Yeah, and much like Ron Wood, I really need you to slow down on how much cocaine you've been doing. Ah, oh, for Christ's sake, then how am I going to get through the podcast? Um, Meth? I, uh, Crack? Yes. Okay. All of it. we can. What do you? Is it a speedball if you mix crack and meth? What I, is that called? uh nitro. Oh, light speed. Ooh, light speed. Hell yeah! We are inventing nomenclature as we,
0: we speak. Actually, if you take that, we will call that going plaid. Going plaid. Yes. Spaceballs <laughs> reference for the win.
1: All right. So uh, it's one year of that. Also, we are, uh, uh, just to get a little personal, I think we're both coming up on another one year anniversary. Absolutely. Since uh, I, I, I tend to call to it to...
0: my vague anniversary because yes. I don't want to know the date. No. Because then I get all up in my fucking head. So we're coming up on the vague anniversary. On
1: the vague anniversary of the whole thing
0: sobriety. Yeah, how about that? Yeah fucking whole year we're, we're growing
1: as people we're growing as a podcast
0: oh okay <laughs> if I look at this picture of Tom Berger anymore I'll be growing in my pants
1: yeah I, I should note that we are staring at a a life size not life size but a, a very electric picture of Tom Behringer for this entire episode yeah it's a little bit larger than life size though the whole face it's uh it's sexually exciting Oh, yes, he's running with a gun. Fucking look at that man. Goddamn. That's a big hunk did, of man. How did he not... Ju- there should be broken pelvises across the nation of women just slamming their legs open for Tom Berenger. I and bet you, know, you there I've might been. be. I don't know. I'm sure uh, Tom Berenger
0: polls. Hey, James? Yes? What are we talking about this week? We are... No, speaking of, we're talking
1: about Priest. T- oh, 2011's I'm... Priest. Uh, based on a graphic novel by Min Woo Hyung, written for the screen by Corey Goodman, directed by Scott Stewart.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, well, I got stuff to say about that That whole whole last quote.
1: Okay. So, starring Paul Bettany as the titular priest. You can... said titular. Okay, okay. Settle down.
0: I'm looking at Tom no, Derringer. No to... You said titular. I mean, come on.
1: Tom Tit... Tom Tittinger. Ooh. Um, I'm not entirely sure how to say this man's name that plays Hicks. It's uh, either Cam Gigandent, or, if you want to be fun about it, Cam Gigandit.
0: <laughs> Gigandit, Gigandit. I really hope it. it's Gigandit. Oh, it's got to fucking be. I'm sure it's some kind of French shit that we can't say.
1: Uh, Maggie Q as the priestess. Maggie motherfucking Q. And Judge Joseph Dredd himself. Carl Urban, Carl Urban as Black Hat. Mm, mm, also, mm. just running around in there, we got some Lily Collins, fucking Brad Dorff. Oh hell's yeah! And Christopher Plummer plumbing it the fuck up. And Alan Dale, he's one of the, he's the other council guy. Oh the, yeah, 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 yeah. The yeah. guy that you see and you're like, oh that fucking guy.
0: It's like the blue collar, the blue collar high priest.
1: So now, James, do mm-hmm. you have a question for me? Since this is a film that you brought.
0: Hmm, Chris. Yeah,
1: how do
0: you like this movie? How did I like Priest, James? Mm -hmm. I fucking loved it, dude. This was this was kind of a trick because usually, usually, you got something, you got some shit planned, or you got. I thought that you disliked this movie. I honestly thought that you disliked this movie, and I fucking loved this movie, and I had 20 million reasons why I loved this movie, and now I had to re-remember the few things that I disliked about this movie. I, I need to
1: make an addendum to my statement. Mm-hmm. This movie's a real piece of shit. Oh, it fucking is. It's a gigantic fucking turd. But it's right up our turd alley. This is my read RoboCop 3 it. battleship. It's... It's, yeah. Okay, this is a movie uh, th- th- this is what I thought of that I wanted to bring up right at the top of this film. If you wanted me to give this film an actual like review, mm-hmm. to sit down seriously watch it and give it a like a forthright review, mm-hmm. tell you to go fuck yourself. <laughs> I'm not doing that. This movie is too goddamn stupid and fun. Mm-hmm. It's beyond expectations level stupid. Right. Because Scott Stewart Mm -hmm. His first film was Legion, also starring Paul Bettany. Fucking hated Legion. Legion was goddamn awful. Yeah. And I remember when Priest came out, and I've seen it on every single streaming service since, Mm -hmm. and went, oh, that looks like Legion. That movie's going to suck. Legion had what this movie didn't have, which was just bananas, ass, no-nonsense Hey, this part of the story doesn't make sense. Oh, I guess they don't give a shit. We're just going to keep going? Okay.
0: You forgot to mention one of the main characters of this movie.
1: Yes. Action. Everything okay. else
0: is a hat on the action, and that's where Legion fucked up. They put too many hats on the action.
1: They tried to put too much into it. All right, I want to get right into this, because the action in this movie is shot poorly. You give a fuck. The action in this movie is my least favorite part. My favorite part is... Every interstitial scene where none of the plot makes any sense, everybody nods and they move right along. Well, unfortunately, it made a whole lot of sense to me. It's it's the best, yes. James. Yes, it is. It's so fucking stupid that nobody, nobody asks a question throughout this entire film. Mm-mm. Everybody, yes ands.
0: They do, they do. It's
1: amazing.
0: And they do it beautifully. I will tell you that when it says based on this um, manga, it was had... Fuck nothing to do with the only thing that they kept from this, because I went back and tried to read issues of it just to see, nah, zero, <laughs> nothing to do with the manga at all, except the visual style, the actual way that movie looked is fucking 100% that manga. And um, I found out too that um, they stopped the actual manga on a cliffhanger. So the author saw the movie and said, yes, this is what I really wanted to do with the characters, and then finally finished it. So, even better.
1: (laughs) Yeah, for whatever it's worth, sure. Yeah. Because this movie's rad, but it's dumb as shit. Mm -hmm. So here's my big question, Uh, James. Mm Mm-hmm. I understand uh, Maggie Q. This is one of her first movies. She was kind of getting established. Um. Not super early role for Carl Urban, but like he, he had just been kind of, you know, cool action guy. So I yeah. understand how they got him for this film. hmm. Uh, Cam Gigandit, who's playing Hicks, I see how they got him. Cam. How the fuck
0: did they get Paul Bettany? Paul Bettany, um, I saw, I was reading the director's interview because, you know, I'm that guy. Um, <clears throat> they, they became real close friends on the set of Legion. So they were basically co producing and helping write and do everything together. So that's how he got Paul Bettany. They were buds.
1: Because Paul Bettany's like a very highly trained, like Shakespearean actor. It shows. He yeah. emotes
0: the fuck out of staring, man. I don't know how you could show that much emotion just from that, like a thousand yard stare. But this motherfucker had that like dead Vietnam, Vietnam soldier stare and was emoting through it. And I'm like, how the fuck does anybody do that?
1: Plus, this is a film where he gets to several times look directly into camera and deliver like what would be seen as a badass line. Mm -hmm. Man, Paul Bettany action star, I don't buy it. That's all right. But for a dumb shit film like this, it works perfectly, James. Yes, 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 yes. So often I don't write notes. You do not. I did, James. Oh, notice up. Buddy. I wrote notice notes
0: up. because
1: my God, did I want to keep track? Because here's the reason this 9,000 things happen in this movie mm-hmm. and it doesn't stop. I know it never once like calls back to itself or stops the fucking train from chugging. It slows down a little bit. There's one boring part, which I think is when they get like to the, that train station It's about a 10-15 minute lag there where it kind of slows down.
0: It's weird because I've seen this movie five times in the last three days. And at no time did I ever experience a lag.
1: But this movie plops you right in and Carl Urban gets grabbed immediately. Fucking first scene. And I was so mad, James, the first time I watched this that... Oh, that was Carl Urban's involvement? Because they give him a few lines and shit at the beginning. You're right, you're right. I didn't think about that, yeah. I was so goddamn mad that I was like, oh, you bastards, you're going to take Carl Urban from me? Oh, no. But he ends up being the most incredible character. Indeed, indeed he is. So he gets grabbed by these vampires. We don't know what's going on at this point before we get the uh, cartoon explanation. I loved it. They did it right. They did it right. James, it is jarring. Because immediately you can tell, oh, they didn't have the money to do this.
0: Or they were paying homage to the manga from which it came.
1: (gasps) No, they literally didn't have the money to do this. The director has stated as such.
0: (laughs) Fair enough. See, until you told me that, though, I thought that was an
1: artistic choice to pay homage to the manga but it immediately and a, a clearly a much better version because this movie is for dumb as it is it's not horribly made Mm-mm. it's fine it's a 2011 underworld era fucking action horror flick i think it looks
0: fine i think they did as i think they did an amazing job with what you know what they had to do with and they were shooting for the fences so they kept it they kept it looking good enough if they would have spent too much money on the CGI, then, you know, some of the action sequences would have sucked, you know?
1: So here's something that I clocked right away and I thought was very, very funny. And also like, mm, we kind of have to do this. The uh, daughter mm-hmm. the, ends up getting got. Yeah. She walks in and her dad is asking her, where have you been? Mm-hmm. Have you been redeeming your soul? Yada, yada, yada. And she says, I'm old enough to go places. And he very pointedly says, you're 18. That's not old enough. So it immediately gives us permission to ogle her tits. Well, yes,
0: because otherwise we would be going, I cannot watch this. I cannot
1: watch yep, it. Yep, that's, that's what I mean, is they very smartly recognize, like, oh, she looks very young. We have to make sure everyone knows that she is 18 immediately. Because mm-hmm, her tits are popping right out of that dress.
0: Yeah, and then some of the some of her... You know, some of her uh, exchanges with other people, you're like, oh, if they did not make blatantly clear that she was 18, Uh even in an old west uh, diesel punk kind of milieu, you still got to know.
1: We will get to that. Because uh, the family's attacked by vampires. We only know that they're vampires from the long animated sequence in which they explain the war. Yeah. And subsequently afterwards that, Priests are somehow looked down upon when they would just be venerated war heroes, but whatever. Mm.
0: No, because I, I, having seen this movie five times in the last three days, I got shit now. Um, the priests are actually taken from their home. They're, they're almost like little Jedis. As soon as they find out that they get the powers from God to kill vampires, they're swooped down, taken out of us. That's what happened to priests. Uh Yeah, so. I get it. No, I mean, there's reasons for it. It's not like random shit.
1: Either way, uh, the family is attacked. We don't know who the family is yet, but the family is attacked. And it seems that the parents are killed. And we're left with a shot of Lucy screaming when a door opens in the basement. So, they immediately cut to Blade Runner. Oh, fucking loved it. They did. They did a Blade Runner. They James. exactly did a Blade Runner. Uh-huh.
0: Down to the fucking hats. I loved it.
1: Yeah, they did a religious Blade Runner. Mm-hmm.
0: Nineteen eighty-four
1: Blade Runner,
0: mishmash. Oh, all kinds of good stuff.
1: Uh-huh. And we've. Go- I-, I wanted to do this movie beat by beat. But we haven't done oh, we it. We can just because this movie's so fucking insane.
0: Plus, I'm actually capable this time of going beat by beat through this movie. Let us do it.
1: Right. And I think this movie is uh less thought centric and more action centric. So there's there's themes, but there's nothing that we can really like pin down and focus on like a real deep meaning to because oh, it's yeah, just kind can. of a bitch in action movie.
0: Yeah, but it's also a direct allegory to the Vietnam War. Oh well yeah. Yeah, I mean fucking blatant.
1: So um he's in the elevator with a lady and her child. Mm-hmm. She says, what's on that man's face? hmm And it's Paul Bettany in his hood looking fucking sketchy as shit. And he's just got an enormous cross tattooed mm-hmm. onto his face. Yes. Oh. Which sometimes gets rubbed off a little towards his nose, but, you know. Yeah, what are you gonna do? Plus, nit, not nitpick. Mm-hmm. Well, you know that henna...
0: <laughs> I like the fact that they were henna-colored, too.
1: Uh-huh. They look incredibly stupid.
0: Yeah. I'm like, oh, Jesus. And not only do I got to be
1: a ninja, I got to get this fucking tattoo. Jesus. So in uh, uh, an amazing economy of time in writing, we're introduced to the sheriff who taps Paul Bettany on the back. Paul Bettany tackles him to the ground and almost murders him. Mm -hmm. And he says, your family was attacked. Your brother told me where to find you exactly. Yep. Come with me.
0: Lucy, you said that you were a great warrior and yep. the vampire killer, and he just fucking exposed the fuck out uh-huh. of it. Very efficient screenwriting. Mm-hmm. Gets us right into the story. Hell yeah, because we don't waste any time before some shit starts happening. Yep. Mm-hmm.
1: So Paul Bettany goes and meets with the Monsignors because he wants to get clearance to go uh, investigate this disappearance that he believes to be vampires. But there are no Vampires. Yeah.
0: <laughs> to go against the church is to go against God. Yeah. He Christopher Plummer's the fuck out yeah. of
1: that. Yeah. High Council Monsignor Christopher mm. Plummer. Mm. It's, it's gorgeous, James. Oh, it is a fucking sight
0: to behold. Uh huh. What voice. a career. Oof. <laughs> From sound of music, music. to priest. Mm. How do we solve a problem like the priest?
1: <laughs> and uh, there was also that movie that uh, Christopher Plummer was—that uh, Ridley Scott movie, that uh, uh, sex pest Kevin Spacey was in—and they just like reshot and CGI'd in uh, Christopher Plummer. Wow. Yeah, I forget the name of it. Something about money. Oh, it could have been a great. I'm sure it was great. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Eh? Christopher Plummer. More Christopher Plummer. Oh yeah.
0: Sorry, I'm having Christopher... I can't talk. I'm a stuttering fucking
1: mess. Now, uh, Christopher Plummer v. Christopher Lee. Where do you fall on that argument?
0: Mm, it depends on the... I think that Christopher Plummer in general is more of an actor, where Christopher Lee is a presence... So if you need a presence, put that motherfucker in. If you need somebody to act, if
1: you, if you need a real specter, yeah, call Christopher Lee.
0: Yeah, but if you need an actor, actor who's got to really, you know, do a couple things, got to get
1: the plumber. You, you need a real ghoul in human skin. You call Christopher Lee. Otherwise, you call in the plumber. I wonder if he calls himself that. He fucking better. That better be on like his headshots. That's right. It's the plumber. having having trouble. Your film backed up. Call the plumber. The plumber. Oh, yeah. God. Mm. It's perfect. Yes, it is. Man, we should be merchandising. Oh, Christopher Oh, Plummer. man, we should make that shirt. Oh, yeah. The movie's starting to tank. We should steal the image of Christopher Plummer and well, it, sell it. Well, it beats
0: the fact that we were actually going to steal the people last time and sell them. So I think we're improving our business
1: model here. So uh, then we get to Paul Bettany and the other Monsignor who is kind of campaigning for him in like mm. a bar? Yeah. Like a weird futuristic coffee bar? Or... It looked
0: like a working man's bar.
1: Yeah. It looked like uh. A... Oh, my. Oh, dear. Uh, so, uh... You better check that. There... The other Monsignor's trying to tell him, this is not the time to wage your war. To Remember, to go against the churches, to go against God, which is... The first time where we get, because Paul Bettany's holding his rosary behind yep. his back. Mm-hmm. He gets to lift his head in his hood, look directly down the barrel of the fucking camera and say, Then oh, I, go I go against, against God. God. Yeah. James. Fucking rosary. It made my sticker peck out. Mm-hmm. I rubbed up against the zipper, motherfucker. Ooh. It is... It is such finger licking bullshit that that's when this movie really won me over. And then? The slow mo balls from the rosary drop. Pulls that rosary apart, just tap, tap. In our first tat. really poorly shot, quickly cut action scene. Fucking loved it. That takes a second and a half. Yep. Cut right to Paul Bettany walking out of this bar. And fucking soldiers lying in pools of blood. Like, man, where was
0: the action? In
1: my motherfucking
0: head, yeah. where it should be.
1: I, I know, how dare me. I, I didn't mean to criticize Priest, and I oh, apologize.
0: Please, moment of silence. Uh,
1: so he decides to get on his motorcycle. James, there's so much motorcycle in this movie. Okay, that motorcycle is a
0: fucking jet engine. The whole motorcycle is a two wheels with a motherfucking giant-ass jet engine on it. Oh, Yep, that was metal as fuck. All I could hear when I, that when I saw the motorcycle Dio was blasting in my head.
1: Man, they should have gotten some Dio. Oh, no, I
0: phone. <laughs> I put it on. It was metal. James soundtracked paradise.
1: his own movie. I fucking Wonderful. did. I did. I did. It needed all of James, the metal. There was ever. so much motorcycle. I think I they paid for him. They're like, well, we got to get every goddamn cent that we can. There could have been more motorcycle. I was okay with it. Yeah, the motorcycles are pretty goddamn oh, bitching.
0: It said fucking jet engine on two wheels. So he goes back to the house
1: mm-hmm. uh, where the vampire attack occurred. Yeah. And from behind him, Hicks appears. And this is when we realize that, oh, he's a Wild West gunslinger. Because before, he put on, must have put on his city clothes.
0: Yeah, he didn't have
1: his hat. Because he was just wearing a polo shirt and pants. Yes. <laughs> and now he's a fucking six-gun wielding, or a futuristic six-gun wielding mm. outlaw sheriff. Well, I like the fact that presiding over the wastelands because they decided to put some Mad Max in here.
0: Indeed, they did. I like the fact that it looked like a western but was shot like a sci-fi. Boom, shitty filters and all. Fuck to the yeah. With, with they uh, made a decision and they with went with that. Religious
1: dystopia. Hell's yeah. Did, well, did
0: you notice? Like, did you notice? Like, I, I thought it was an interesting detail. Like, all, all the crosses, none of them had the one long bar, so it was very easily branded as, you know, something they could stick on a uniform, an insignia, all that shit. I, I thought it was a really cool idea that it was a logo, because not only was it the church, it was the state. So that was that was kind of neat.
1: Thank you for pointing out the intricacies of priest. <laughs> no, I really appreciate I do appreciate it, because this movie is so goddamn dumb that I love that you like invested the time to make all this make sense. Oh, it did. And now I, it makes more sense to me and I'm really reconsidering is this movie stupid?
0: I I I will say that I agree that it is a popcorn movie, but I you've been on a stupid kick and I'm letting you go. I got shit. We'll talk <laughs> cuz I I've seen this movie on a couple different levels mostly because uh my, you know, D&D background, all my huge geekiness, there's a bunch of shit in there that they spent a lot of time fucking paying attention to. And like, if you're into it, you can see it, you know.
1: Brad, this next sequence almost made me Brad? poop in my pants. Not Brad, you're James. <laughs> I know, but you know, for once, I have a lot more than this shit was cool. Yeah. So I and sound a little changed. more bradish. Yes. Uh, anyway, I almost pooped my pants when the next scene happened mm-hmm. because Brad motherfucking Dorf enters the I picture. Know! Oh, snake oil salesman. Snake oil salesman Brad Dorff. And he, you know, was like the
0: fucking Mad Hatter. He did, but you know, for Brad Dorff, he showed some restraint in that role. It's it's really good. I know it is, but he could have chewed motherfucking scenery as only Brad Dorif could. He actually brought something to it, a little something to it, and I was really actually astounded. He decided to act instead of just being a super super caricature. You know. And like when he was shot the lights out, the actual look of fear on his face. I'm like, oh, they got a good actor again. Yeah, Yeah, because he
1: goes from immediately trying to be this charming salesman because he's trying to sell snake oil Mm -hmm. like in the old west in these wastelands. Yep. And immediately, as soon as his sale is shut down by Hicks, Mm -hmm. he turns into the real charlatan that he is. Get the
0: fuck out of the way. Yep. Oh, I loved it. That would again, those you were talking about the interstitial scenes, there's so many great little bits in here. Just little bits where you're just like, I again, I would not normally notice that, but I had I had come in here expecting you to hate this movie. So I fucking watched it a million times so I could argue about why I liked it.
1: Here's one of the things that makes me laugh the hardest about this movie. There are several scenes where uh, Paul Bettany, as priest, gets real bummed out because kids are laughing at him. Because mm-hmm. yeah, he's walking through the town with Hicks, and like these kids start snickering at him, and he gets a real sour puss and like yeah. hangs his head.
0: Yeah, but that, in my head, <laughs> they it hurt priest feelings. Yeah. Well, I like the fact that they humanized him, though. They humanized him a little bit because also it sets up part of the story that comes later. Why would he be upset that kids were making fun of him? The loss of his kid. See, there's reasons. God damn you. God damn you, James. (laughs) Holy shit, James. God damn you for coming prepared, motherfucker.
1: (laughs) So I laughed uproariously also watching him carve crosses into bullets. (laughs) Uh, Very funny to me.
0: Well, actually, it serves a great purpose. They're now hydrostatic shots. They will split in flesh. That's what they're for.
1: I understand, but I think it's very funny to watch him with, like, just a hardware store knife just carving crosses into these bullets. Gotcha, gotcha. And this is where I was convinced that uh, Cam Gigandit, that they got to play Hicks, is possibly... I don't know if he is the greatest or worst actor of all time. Okay. I'm not sure if that was direction or he is just bad. Having not seen him in anything else. Yeah. It's real tough to gauge because... His line delivery throughout this entire sequence is uh, fucking shaky at best. Well, you know who, you know what it reminded me of. It looks like Paul Bettany's getting pissed at him during the scenes. It
0: looked. I want to. I can't remember. If it was Real Lobo. It was a John Wayne movie, and they made two of them. One with the sheriff. the The drunk assistant sheriff was anyway. James Caan played almost that exact role. Only he was like the kid or something, but almost down to the the way he dressed. Um. To the, the same color belt and everything, and now that I think about it, he kind of walked like him. And he, you know, I wonder if it was the director told him, Hey, watch this movie and act like uh, James Kahn from Real Lobo because that would make a lot of
1: sense then. Because that's exactly <laughs> what I saw. Hey, just be James Kahn, okay? That's no, no small shoes to fill or anything, just nah. be, be James Yeah. Come on, Cam Gigant, just be James Con. It's, it's
0: your, you know, come on, it's your chance,
1: shine. Yeah, fucking Sonny Corleone it up. Yeah. Get a hairy back, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, yeah, come on, Cam. Dude, oh, here's the Sprout thing. some hair, motherfucker. Here's the thing that I noticed, though. Like, they give him a couple close ups, mm-hmm. and I was thinking, like, man, if you just saw that dude, like, waiting tables at an Applebee's, just the look of him, you'd be like, eh, that dude's a dipshit.
0: He's got a gigantic fucking head. Uh huh. It's ridiculously large, and. and- there's I know, a lot of face
1: on that head, too.
0: I know, and like I've seen pictures with his hair back. I thought it was just a comb-over. No, that's his hairline, but they made it look like <laughs> a fucking comb-over. I don't know how you fucking make an actual hairline look like a comb-over, but they fucking did it. It was hard to look at. <laughs> he
1: he, he needed very, a fucking hat. He is very distracting in every scene he's in. He
0: needed a hat at all times, just so you wouldn't stare at his gigantic fucking noggin.
1: So, James, we learn that there's other priests. Indeed, we do. Sent out to capture Paul Bettany, priest. Indeed. And bring him back because he's, uh, they tell them that he's renounced his vows and gone rogue.
0: Yes, and to go against the churches. Yeah. And
1: we uh, we find out that his brother, who was attacked by the vampires, has in fact died. Mm -hmm. And is there at the funeral to throw some dirt on the caskets Mm -hmm. and make a very dramatic turn. Mm. Showing that he is about to whoop some ass. All of the motherfucking ass. <laughs> and then more motorcycle. <laughs> yeah. And then he jumps on his motorcycle again. Man, it is so good. They hop on those fucking jalopies yeah. so many times. Well, it's the Wild West horse.
0: Yeah. I the nitro at-
1: bike. It rules. I fucking love that thing. All right, so here the uh, scene that I really actually did think was fucking rad. They get to uh, what's essentially the prison. Yeah. Where there is uh, the familiars. Right. All the familiars. And they walk in, there's a familiar just cutting the heads off a chicken. Oh. And immediately just says, you're not welcome here, priest. Mm-hmm. Like, they have an understanding. Right. The sheriff and these uh, familiars. Because he explains, like, hey, as long as they don't fuck up, I don't ask. Everybody's into their own kind of shit out here. Yep. Who gives a shit? Yep. As long as nothing's going wrong. But that entire facility is just filled with bodies. Yes.
0: Mmm, I loved it. It was creepy as fuck. It was just underground bunkers like you'd think be out in a desert just filled with just filth and fucking dead chickens and dead bodies and creepy people in fucking crypts.
1: Yeah. And this is where they set up the vampires leave excretion to build their hives out of as well. I like the fact that that like the idea building of...
0: We've kind of seen a, in a few vampire movies now where kind of a hive mentality, but they actually brought it all the way. No, this is a hive. They are building just like a wasp's nest of vampires, and they're going to come fuck you up. God, I loved
1: it. Yes. So this is where uh, I, I, my first note came off of like, oh, well, Hicks kind of sucks. Mm-hmm. Because he's he's kind of always in trouble and always has to be rescued because he's in way over his head. Absolutely. fucking lutely But he always ends up saving the day, which also, confu- it just confuses me.
0: Accidental heroes are my favorite, though. Yeah. I love like, it, like Inspector Clouseau. I don't know how fuck he does it, but damn, he won.
1: Yeah, he stumbles ass backwards away from these familiars because they get into a gigantic brawl, which, again, the action's not shot great, but mm-hmm. it's exciting.
0: Well, I think that... If you think about it, they shot to the limitations of the CGI and Paul Bettany's abilities.
1: I I was thinking, and it was around here in this, around this time in the film that I was really thinking like, man, you know what this movie needs? This movie needs a Steven Summers. Hmm. Mummy it up. Oh, okay. Yeah. uh, uh. (laughs) Odd Thomas. Yes. yes, Stevie Summers. Oh yeah, yeah. If they'd have put this in his hands. Oh, oh shit. It would have been a thrill ride. Ooh. But either way, Elliot, it's not a bad uh, action sequence. The, one of the dudes throws a hatchet at him, and he grabs it out of the wall and whips yeah. it into the dude's face. And then he just has to run away because he gets his ass handed to him.
0: I like that, though. I like the fact, you know, he's going to get bumped up a couple times. I hate that times when just the hero just comes in and kicks all the ass ever all the time and gets that one artistic cut. Well, fuck a bunch of all that. Old boy gets his ass handed to him.
1: Yeah, and he kind of like gets away, and he's backing almost into a corner, and he's about to get fucking murked by these familiars. Mm-hmm. The priest shows up and tells him, Save your bullets. You're going to need them. And just wipes the floor with these motherfuckers. Oh, yeah. got I load, And then tortures one. Yeah. It's pretty fucking rad. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I just, just thinking about that scene
0: is making me hurt. Um. Yeah, is it and right about? He, now, okay, wait, hold on. I'm, I'm getting because I'm still thinking about the last scene. This we're at the the next scene. To, oh, I'm sorry, I lost it there.
1: Oh well, they uh, he tells him about killing vampires because he's trying to like shoot these huh. vampires before, yes. and he's like, well, uh, you have to. Uh, aim where they're going to be, not Mm -hmm. where they are. Right. Because that's not how you fight vampires. You have to know where they're going. Right. And his vampire killing explanation makes absolutely no goddamn sense. You have to know from where they're going to be, where point B is going to be from where they're standing at point A.
0: Right. But did you notice something? And I noticed this from the high council, like the the cardinals or whatever they were, and the priests themselves. When um, Paul Bettany comes up out of the hatch, he stands exactly, and he's moving exactly like the vampires move. Yeah. When he's moving across the floor, the Monsignors, when they move, they're moving like the vampires. It's like they've all been trained to think exactly like the vampires, so that makes sense. So, yeah, you got to know where point B is because they are faster than you. They're better than you. Mm-hmm. So, if you think they're going to be there, shoot over there because that's where they're going to be.
1: Right. But also, you just have to know where point B is. Mm -hmm. Makes no goddamn sense. Fair enough. (laughs) It it was telling him to, hey, do this impossible task. This literally impossible task. So basically what you need to do, buddy,
0: just shoot randomly. Don't aim at me, but shoot randomly. You're going to hit fucking something, okay?
1: So we get uh, something that movie fans may not have known that they needed, but we get it in this film. And what is that, sir? Brad Dorif and Carl Urban and a scene together.
0: Oh, my
1: God. Because it turns out that Brad Dorif is working for Carl Urban. It's like a spy. It's like a scout. Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. And he's fucked up. Oh, he fucked all of it up. And Carl Urban, he's going to bite him. He's going to bite his fucking neck. Oh, yeah? That's why I was really kind of bummed that they... Because... Arc with Brad Dorff would have been really good, but I just I think they didn't have him for that much shooting.
0: They probably said, You're right, they probably had him for like two hours on a Tuesday.
1: Yeah, because uh, people might not know this. Brad Dorff is fucking old. Not only
0: is he old, but he's actually a very in demand. Yeah. Because from his voiceover, for his mocap, all his shit. So uh, even, in, even when this movie came out, that was a get. That was a real big catch.
1: So, uh, Paul Bettany and Hicks take off out of there on their motorcycles, of course. Mm. Oh, yeah. And they get to, the like the weird Hive Mountain. Ah, that weird Hive Mountain. Uh-oh. Yeah, and they are uh, climbing it like it's fucking Everest in a wonderful top-down shot. Yes, 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 yes! <laughs> yeah, it turns mm. into goddamn cliffhanger for a minute and it rules. Yes. Oh, this is about the time when we're introduced to Maggie Q as well. Which mm-hmm. hmm, James Maggie mother best part of this funny. movie? Oh, by far stole
0: the whole goddamn thing. Easily best part of this movie, and my
1: biggest,
0: my favorite part of this movie, and also my biggest gripe with this
1: movie. They is should. It, is it because she just shows up and immediately is just like, "Oh hey, I'm on your team now"? No, I'm fine with that.
0: What irritates me is she. Near the end, she only exists because she has met. She's fallen in love with Priest, and and I'm like, fuck. She should just exist as her own ass kicking entity. Yes. N- have nothing to do with Priest in any and romantic fucking way.
1: I I very much have a note for how I would change the end of this movie mm-hmm. that pertains to that. Okay, because that
0: that because Maggie Q is the fucking business. Uh huh. And yeah, but I just hated that choice for the directing or the writing or whatever. I'm like, it just, no, it didn't need to, ha- it, that did not need to be there.
1: So, uh, Hicks is fucked up and he's burrowed himself into like a corner where uh, it's like the Hive Guardian. Yes, yes. The only reason that he's safe is because the Hive Guardian can't fit down there. Yes. And then we get a fucking fight with the Hive Guardian. And this is the first time that I like really it really registered to me that, oh, they have superpowers. Yes. I thought they were just dudes. No. No,
0: no, no. Because that's why they're taken from the house. That's why he was, the call came because, oh, shit, he has the shine. He has the ability. So they came in and snagged him. That's why Maggie Q got snagged when she was a child. That's why her cross is smaller.
1: Yeah. Because
0: she got the tattoo when she was a kid. So as she grew. Yes. So I thought that was a cool detail too, but yeah, no, that's they, they they as soon as they found they get the calling that just shows that they have their powers, and then they're snagged and trained like a motherfucker to kill the
1: fuck out of zombies. This and this might be my favorite. No, this is my second favorite fight scene. With okay, the Hive Guardian. Okay, and it's very confusing because priest and priestess are both whooping all sorts of ass, mm-hmm. but this Hive Guardian gets the better of them. And Hicks saves the day. Yes. And I noted down his uh, quote, if I could read it verbatim. Please, please do. Point A, meet point fucking B. No! Yeah. Man, this movie has so many good action movie lines. It does, I didn't does. bother writing them all Mm-mm. down, but every eight minutes there is some new line said, well, staring off into the distance from camera. It's so good. I forgot, to, we forgot to mention one of
0: my favorite parts which is why I wish to god damn I could watch this in 3D. The cross shurikens. Hell yeah, dude. Fucking throws a handful of them up in the air. After he, he reads a Bible verse. Yep. And that's not gonna help you. No, mm-hmm. but this will. Throws these fucking shurikens up in the wall, or up in the air. They, they go up and then they blades come out like fucking glaive, Just fucking like come out. And all of a sudden, he's kicking all of them. Wah, fucking.
1: Oh, kung fu. Grabbing them, them, them out of midair and just whipping them around. Kung fuing the fuck out of all of them.
0: Wah, cha, 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 cha.
1: Gigantic, lanky English actor Paul Bettany. Mm, with all of the kung fu shurikens ever. So they defeat the Hive Guardian. And they find that the vampires have uh, tunneled through this mountain
0: and mm, gotten out.
1: And they are on their way to Jericho. What
0: irritates, the, another, the other thing that irritates me is that it took too goddamn long to figure out they were on the train line. How are they getting from city to city? Why, how, they got out, but how are they getting
1: here? That's the part where I'm saying that Fucking I think it, this train. movie lags. And at 87 minutes, none of this movie should lag. Oh, this no. This isn't even a 90 minute movie. Nope. This is 87 with credits. This
0: was built for me.
1: Hell yeah. Oh. But I think that's the only part where it lags is when, yeah, they're figuring out all the train shit mm-hmm. and it takes 10 minutes, maybe.
0: Yeah. But also gives there's the, other stuff going on. There's the humanizing speeches. There's the, you know, he lost this and this. And then we're, that's when we find out about that wasn't priest's niece. Right. Uh, that was his daughter. So, you know.
1: Yeah. And that's also where we uh, get Carl Urban's. uh Ghost Train, his train of death. Fucking atomic train of death. Dude, as soon as a train came into play, I was so excited. Uh, Train Old West. Because it was already just like a a religious dystopia mixed with Wild West goofy vampire fantasy. Mm -hmm. And now there's a fucking ghost train. An atomic ghost train. I guess vamp train, but still, I like the sound of ghost train. Yeah, it doesn't matter
0: but It's atomic,
1: and we in 2011 pre Joker mm. get a scene of Carl Urban as the black hat dancing around oh, to yeah. the fucking massacre of Jericho, fucking conducting the orchestra. Yep, yeah, yeah. oh, yeah, shit blow it, shit blowed up good. uh-huh and I think you mentioned before we started recording Carl Urban in his unmovable hat. Oh, yes.
0: Because that was actually iconography from iconography. I don't know, fucking say it. It, it was a big iconography. Scene. Yeah, what he said. Anyway, that was that was like a big cover of a couple of the a uh, uh, couple of the mangas. So they kept that, and I love the fact because we're talking about trains. You know what's going to happen on a train if there is a train in a movie? What's going to happen every fucking
1: time? And it better. Uh huh. The train top fight, of course. yes. And then that train is going to explode, of course. Mm-hmm. Now
0: James. I I love the side thing. She's going to take these big old gigantic C4 plastic explosive tubes, and she's going to lay them on the track and blow up the track.
1: So, but here's the thing that I didn't oh. understand when they're discussing that. Uh, while they're still at the train station talking uh hicks says something about well if they're going to the cities how the fuck are they going to do that because it's daytime and priest says there's no more light in the cities yeah not anymore yeah that i don't understand not knowing the comic or like the motivations behind that it's when you have a vampire outbreak why would you make the sun unavailable to the cities
0: there there are several reasons one is According to the church and the state, they're, they're, and this is, again, part of it is a theory of mine, but that's a whole different story. But um, the, the church doesn't want anybody to know there are still vampires. Yes, there are vampires. They're supposedly on these reservations, so it is cyclable, but they still need to keep the city there to keep their power. Right. So the walls are their power. Well, when you put a walled city... In an environment like a desert where there's no other large things, and then you are putting smog, pollution, etc., it's never going to leave. There, it's just going to be there.
1: Right, but when you know there's a this, is, it's the one thing that really kind of broke this movie for me. That I, as soon as he said that, I went, that doesn't make any god. You would do everything in your power to make sure as much sunlight could get into your city as possible, mm-hmm. being as that you know what's out there. You literally know that. There was a vampire Unless the high council and the vampires were in cahoots. That's what I'm getting to, is that's the only thing that can possibly make sense.
0: Because it's a closed cycle. If the vampires completely win, where's the food? Fair. If the church completely wins, how do they maintain their power? Also fair. So, unless they come into some kind of agreement where food can be provided in these outpost villages wink wink and they're not fucked within the main city that's the only way that that ecosystem could exist
1: I really like that they made Carl Urban a Bond villain in the next part when they're on the train Mm. and he's trying to feed Lucy roast duck Yeah. It's it's exotic. It's decadent. You'll never have better. It was like, oh, hell yeah. Carl Urban vampire Bond villain on a runaway train. It was so... Fuck. Yeah. It was so creepy. I just... Man, this is the kind of movie that I've avoided it for years. Because, again, Legion looks stupid. I never thought... I never knew it would be possible... And apparently it has for 11 years for me to watch Carl Urban be a vampire Bond villain on a runaway freight train. Fuck to the yeah. It's the
0: best. It is, it is, it is. And quite frankly, though, I I, I was going by the fact that I knew you could not stand Legion. I was like, you're going to fucking hate
1: this. One thing I really didn't understand, um, Hicks pulls a gun on Priest at one point. They're watching the train roll in. Mm-hmm. And they're standing on the, like, clifftop watching it roll by because they've caught up with their super cycles. hmm And well, he pulls a gun on Priest saying, uh, you, won't sh- you won't hurt her, right? You won't hurt her?
0: This was before he knew that that was Priest's daughter. And he needed to know, hey, are y- if she's turned, are you going to kill her? Because fucking that's my Lucy. You know what I'm saying?
1: Right. But he, at that point, he thought that she was his nef- N- or his Niece. niece. Right. So why would he just automatically kill? That's what I don't understand. I guess no, no, no.
0: He was more apt to have that one step of separation as to being instead of being a dad. Who, you know what I mean?
1: Right. That's fair. So there's that little bit of step. I, I feel like there was a missing scene or two. Could be. The, they didn't really set up why he would be suspicious of priests since he was there to rescue his niece.
0: I, I, uh, the idea of his... um. Also, if you take an, an idea of... He has gone against the church, yet he is still a priest. Right. He's doing priest shit. And if, if um, what's her butt turned, right? If Lucy turned, it would be his duty to his uh, order to take her out.
1: Yep. And in the ensuing fight with Carl Urban in the train car, Carl Urban in the, a real clunky way tells Lucy that priest is in fact her father. Yes, And we find out that he had to leave when she was young to go fight in the vampire wars. He was called and his brother took over and cause
0: 'cause you knew, cause you knew old girl was way out of his league. Like I saw the two of them together. I could see her standing with Paul Bettany, right? But standing next to Gump boy, I'm like, Oh no, he did not score that on his self. Nope. And and
1: it does call back to earlier in the film when they're having the bedside conversation Mm -hmm. and, uh, Oh, and the brother says to him, like, there's not a day that went by that she didn't think about you. And he sounds almost resentful of mm-hmm. it, that he had to step in and take the place of the... Oh, yeah. geez, sorry, buddy. Yeah. I got to
0: take care of your hag of a wife, Jesus Christ. Yeah,
1: sorry I had to fuck your wife for 20 years. I hope it was worth it fighting vampires out there, globe-trotting around. Fucking a glory hound. Yeah. <laughs> Being hated by literally everyone walking the streets. Yeah, oh, wow. So the train of the damned has some sentry cycles. Ah, yes. They, they send after Maggie Q.
0: Mm hmm. They, they sent, sent the old familiars out over at Maggie Q.
1: And she, uh, she outruns them all to go set up her bombs on the track. Yes. And then we get Maggie Q fight. Oh, yes. Dude, this is the best part of the film.
0: Because they could film her actually doing what she's doing. Yes. Paul Bettany, I don't think, can do a scissor kick.
1: Just saying. No. (laughs) She whoops so much ass because there's, I want to say, five dudes on motorcycles coming towards her. And she demolishes these fucking guys to the point where she eviscerates one midair and has chunks raining down on her. Loved it. Rain. Flesh rain. Man.
0: She takes out that chain. She fucking whips it right into the spokes on that jet cycle and just tears the fuck out of everybody with
1: it. Here's my big problem though. And this is I think this is just a me problem, mm-hmm. but this is kind of how things were shot in that period of action films is they intercut Maggie Q's fight with the train top fight mm. with Priest and Carl Urban. I don't like that. Show me a whole fight. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. It's just one thing that really bothered me, and I think that's see, a me problem. No, it never
0: anything. bothered me now until now. Fuck it, you again. Well, it's because I <laughs> you think ruined that, shit for me on the reg. Well,
1: I think I think it's that they knew that Carl uh, Urban and Paul Bettany fighting was kind of weak because neither of them are really that mm-hmm. great at stage fighting. Not our actors, and they had to kind of like throw Maggie Q in there to spice it up with some badass action.
0: Oh, all of the badass action.
1: So, either way, uh, Lucy gets thrown from the side of the train. Paul Bettany grabs her.
0: One-handed catch. Uh Uh-huh.
1: Dude, it rules.
0: And again, think about the one-handed catch. Think about the significance of him holding on the edge of a train. He's already lost Carl. (laughs) He's already lost the one love of his life. He's not going to lose the next one. Mm -hmm. He's got that fucking hand. Just... ah. Yep. In the meantime, Maggie Q has kicked all of Familiar's ass. Fucking, the Familiar's pulled the
1: detonator, so she straps the... Okay, here I noted this, James, because it's fucking awesome. It is metal as fuck. She destroys these dudes, but ultimately fucks up her own plan with a man's dead body. She breaks her own detonator mm-hmm. by whooping so much ass and not paying attention to where she was just slinging bodies. Mm, I loved it. She has to drag the dude off the train tracks and has the look on her face like, ah, fuck. I, I botched it, guys. I fucked it up. Yep. But then. She comes raring head on, James. Head on, standing up on the fucking murder cycle. Okay. Jet
0: fucking powered cycle. Atomic train. Head to head, right? Fucking C4. Plastic explosive enough to explode an entire city. Fucking Surfing on the goddamn thing, jumping off at the last second, fucking blowing shit up,
1: ah. the entire choir
0: train explodes. of motherfucking angels, one beam of light.
1: So here's where my Maggie Q note came in. Uh huh. I think I have a better ending for this particular scene. If Let's, you would like to hear, it. I want to fucking hear. Maggie Q abandons. Uh, explosives, because it took forever to set up. So she is murder-cycling directly toward train, Mm -hmm. stands up on seat, Mm -hmm. does flying jump kick to kick Carl Urban's head off, and moving... In the opposite direction of the train, clear's entire train, lands in badass ninja pose. You know, the uh, The legs kind of spread apart, one arm behind you, one on the ground. There's a single solitary tear coming down the side of my eye right now. That way, Maggie Q, as a strong female character, gets an ending arc. She got to kick the fucking lead vampire's head off. Because she's Maggie Q, not... And that also gives Priest the time to stop this runaway train on its way to Jericho. (coughs) Fuck to the, yeah. I'm just saying, I think my ending's better. It
0: is, it is. But you know what? Improving upon perfection. I
1: mean, yeah, it's like pissing in the
0: wind. Mm -hmm. I mean, yes, it would be a better movie, but does it need to
1: be a better movie? I, I just think it'd be cool to watch Maggie Q because she's the only one who really whooped ass just do a w- awesome, like, Liu Kang flying kick to kick Carl Urban's head right off his fucking shoulders.
0: I've never watched, on purpose, a superhero movie, but if Maggie Q is in one, I will watch it because she's Maggie motherfucking Q.
1: I believe she's in a bunch of Marvel shit. I'm not entirely Guess sure. Guess
0: who's going to be watching that shit because Maggie Q!
1: Oh, yeah. And we end with priest walking in with the head of a vampire. Christopher Plummer denouncing him, saying, This man went against God! The vampire war is over! There is no vampire threat. (laughs) And he whips the head, says, Go look outside the city, you'll find a whole train full of these.
0: He throws it down, throws up two middle fingers, moonwalks out and drops his microphone. Boom! Fuck you,
1: motherfuckers! The war's not over. The war's just beginning. Boom. Roll credits. Priest 2. Electric Boogaloo. Man, not everything can be Electric Boogaloo, though. Oh, yes, A it Priest can. 2, I think, can pull it off. I'll give him that. No, it is all Electric boogaloo. James, this movie's dumb as hell, and I loved almost every minute it, of it. It
0: is smarter than you think, dude. It is smarter than you think.
1: I... I hate to say it because I'm not a big fan of, like, episode television. Mm-hmm. This would make a pretty good goddamn miniseries. Fuck yeah, a like six a six-parter?
0: Twi- yeah, six-parter, eight-parter, yeah. Netflix special,
1: boom, priest. But I think, how would you, I like, I love the tone of this movie because it is. It's almost Stephen Summers Van helsing Oh, hells yeah. Off the wall, stupid. But not quite. Yeah, and, but Hicks is a fucking gunslinger who's ultimately useless, but somehow saves the day every time. Mm-hmm. It's a, such a confusing film. The, it boggles my mind. It's dumb as hell. I think man, that's why a lot I of
0: people it. didn't like it. They wanted it to be Underworld. They wanted it to be something it wasn't. They, you know, and it's its own beautiful little
1: thing. Yeah, it's a mess. Yeah. It's an absolute mess. Mm, it's it's not as messy. Mess. There's a lot of it tying it together. This is a Jackson Pollock painting. <laughs> it's a goddamn mess, but somehow it's art.
0: <laughs> this is a map of Hawaii on her back. I mean, um what? No, what are we talking about? I I don't
1: know. <laughs> Hawaii on the back? Go ahead, James, explain yourself. <laughs>
0: a spooge dots. Oh, good god.
1: Map of Hawaii. It's an old joke. I
0: I I got it. Yeah, okay. Took you a minute to get there. It's though. code for coming on a lady's back. Hello. <laughs> But on that class Oh, wait. That's the neck. I'm going oh. straight to hell.
1: All right. So, James... Yes. You brought this film... Yes. Expound upon your love of Priest, please. Oh, my fucking because God. Because I think I've gotten a lot of my complaints out, but I'd like to have, since you seem to want to have a, a philosophical conversation about the nature of 2011's Priest... Well, first of all... I'm here for it. <laughs> <laughs> fucking, fucking James is Gotta sitting sit up. up to get... I got, got some shit. No, we, we did
0: touch on a lot of it because... Um, it sets up, it really does set up, if you think about the idea that they wanted to ex- extend this or expand this, they, uh, they uh, really set it up because, again, the only way that could exist, we talked a little bit about that ecosystem, the only way that the vampire threat can, or the vampires can still exist is through help from the church. So it sets up this second one. So now him and Maggie are going to kick all of the ass, of so the church vampire coalition. Um, they kept, uh, the iconography, like, like I said, the little crosses on everything. Um, the starkness, they, they, they kept everything exactly the same as the novel. The, um, relationships you'll see, like the way Paul Bettany acts, like you mentioned again, around the kids because of his conflict that they bring back over there. So it is deeper. If you want to read into it, the, um, idea of the vampires as a complete hive. Uh, it it was not in the original manga but the idea brought to me I think that was the first time I ever saw that so they brought a lot of originality that way to it but
1: and obviously trying to encapsulate an entire like series of graphic novels into 16 of them 87 minute film I don't know if this movie is helped or hurt by its length because I think too much more of this kind of tone and I would have gotten real fucking sick of it right because, like, all right, just end the goddamn movie. Right. But I think if you rein this in a little bit, and, yeah, make six or eight episodes, mm-hmm. make the first two, two and a half covering kind of this film and tighten up the tone a little bit. Have a couple episodes, or, like, maybe a whole episode.
0: To the, remember the part that was a cartoon that they ran out of money? Yeah. One episode, you really get in the depth, because um, what they did is they really expanded it as an alternate reality, mm-hmm. which I liked. It wasn't... We did this. No, it is a definite different reality, and I like that. I like the fact that they used. Oh well, the, of course the because at at even at present we're at a war, and the difference in tone, the idea is how people treat soldiers coming back, and how the government has a lot to do with how you treat the soldiers coming back, and they really showed that. There's there's a lot of depth that they could really really pull that in in a, in a
1: longer series arc too. Yeah, and I think just. Uh, I, I think is keeping the story, losing a little bit of the. Because uh, this movie's almost shot like a graphic novel. Oh, it's very stylized. Bright, as fuck. Yeah, yeah, very brightly lit and stylized. Mm-hmm. I think you rein that in, give this a little bit of a more serious tone. Right. And yeah, I'd like to know more about the uh, religious autocracy that's or, going on. Yeah, and, and, and
0: how, how far do those powers that they have go? Yeah. Because it's not really explained, we know that they're faster than regular people. And we know they're trained like vampires. Again, remember the movements, even even again to the uh monsignors. They all move like vampires in certain ways. And that I'd like to see why. I see that as part of their training. They studied the vampires. Now they move like them so they can, you know, point be the fuck out of them.
1: I love that. And I think the first half hour of this movie is so run and gun of trying, like, it really feels like let's get the plot out of the way Mm -hmm. so that we can just go do some wild shit. But I think the beginning where they kind of yada yada over is the most interesting part. Mm. Like, I want to know more about this world. And as I was watching it, you know who I think would make a really good adaptation of this? Mm. Jim Mickle. Ooh. The Steakland guy. Yeah. Did you ever watch uh, Sweet Tooth that's on Netflix? Ah, uh, not yet. The one about yet. the deer boy? Not yet. I'm, again, I'm not much into television, but right. when I heard that Jim Mickle had done that, it's not bad. Mm. Like, And that's based on, like, a graphic novel series. And I think giving him, an, or giving at least someone who has enough of a playful tone. Right. Because if you made this movie just very stark and, like... Almost like they did, you know, the Dark Knight trilogy and make right. it very dark and grounded. Fritty. I don't think it works.
0: No, and, and again, but it's, everything we loved about Steakland,
1: vampires,
0: and Old West.
1: Yeah. Fucking
0: obviously he'd be great for this.
1: Yeah, and I, I think just reining in the ex, a little bit of the eccentricities of this film. Mm-hmm. And expanding the world and just taking it a little bit more seriously. Right,
0: giving, giving, have okay, in this movie, shit blows up and people die, ridiculous, like the guy getting his heart pulled out of his chest. I fucking love that. Uh-huh. You know, I love that. But if we made it uh, an eight-part miniseries, let's say, I would want the violence to mean more. You yes. know what I'm saying? I would want more realistic portrayal of that just... Just raise the stakes because, yes, the vampires can get hurt in very specific ways. We know these ways now, and that would make it more interesting. Um, you know, if some if somebody gets hit by a vampire, I don't want to see them up in the next scene, I, unless they are specifically a priest because they should have their insides jelly. You know, right? And I want to see that more portrayed. So yeah, I think that would be great in a miniseries. Yeah, but, pretty fucking good. <laughs> I enjoyed Pre- the fuck out of it. Pretty good. Well, and plus the fact I got to see it on a big screen for a change. New glasses, new prescription. It's a fucking great week with a great movie.
1: Right, and, that's, and underst- after hearing us talk about this, if you haven't seen it, it's going to be stupid. Oh, yeah. James did the research to put all these things together because what were presented in the film... You'd have never guessed any of this shit, really. Oh, no, no, no. Because it's edited very quickly, and they yada yada over fucking everything to get to action.
0: But you do know how I watch movies, and we've talked about this a million times. If I'm liking this, I want to make it better. I make it better by filling in the gaps. My brain will fill in patterns where there aren't to
1: make it a better movie for me. Now, did you watch the unrated? Because this is originally released as a PG-13 movie. I watched the unrated. Yes. Yes. So I think... I kind of expected a little bit more gruesome violence because I think the only shot that they would have to cut out of a PG-13 movie is Maggie Q having guts raining on her. And the heart removal. Yeah, I guess. And uh, some of the... (laughs)
0: It's like when he gets fucking pegged up against the wall on the train. Might not be there.
1: (laughs) Yeah, there's a pegging scene. Well, it's Not that kind of pegging. You know what I'm saying. Hey, don't... Don't tell people that. Let everybody think that we get to see Paul Bettany just get absolutely pegged in this movie. Well, he does, but... Anyway. Um, All right, James. I gotta pee. Let's bring it in. I was wondering, for, dude. Let's I, bring it in for a landing. Well, were you in, I
0: couldn't tell if you had to pee or really enjoying this fucking movie. Oh, I'm... Okay, let, let, let's call I'm, this
1: one, buddy. Uh, so, James, yeah. recommend Priest. Fuck to the yeah. Goddamn right. Metal is fuck. All right. Anything to plug? Uh Fucking year.
0: Boom, doing all this shit.
1: Yup, uh Facebook groups, Instagram pages, you know what? horror Violent podcast at gmail.com. What he said? Um give us money. Hells yeah, we will take it. We will take it. We'll take all that money. I've really got to pee. Go. Let's let's be done with this. Alright, good night. Right, goodbye, everybody. Go watch Bye. Priest and masturbate. <laughs> Tremendously. Yeah, Fuck you, Morris!
0: Fuck you, Morris. You could see it. You would be terrified.